there is a place where time stands still, where nature is harsh and demanding, where only the quick and the strong and the deadly can survive. This place is no place for civilized man. Good morning. This is Annie for Showreel, a look at the Australian film industry and uh, people making films, just uh, technicians as well as uh, people who have a bright idea. And today we're going to uh, talk to James Prineas, who has made a film called Kithara Monamor, uh, which is about Kithara, which is a uh, Greek island. And interestingly enough, the uh, inhabitants of Kithara, uh, many of them came to Australia and uh, interestingly enough, have the title of the uh, the creators of the cafe societies right across New South Wales. It's very interesting. It's a there's this ongoing tag team between the people from that island and uh, Australia over a period of time. But Kithara is a uh, the uh, Monomore is a. Uh, as it says, Kithara, my love, is an ode to the island as well as uh, a whole range of other things as well. It's a sweet film. It's a no-money no film. Uh, it's it's a personal endeavour from James, but it's got uh, lots of different elements to it which uh, make it uh, a thoroughly interesting piece to have followed up for Showreel. It just goes to show that, you know, you can get your stuff out there and... Uh, do whatever you want in film and share it and it will have an interesting journey through uh, the audience that you, you achieve. My name's Molly Reynolds and I make documentaries like Another Country and I support 3CR because it is a radio station that once you start listening to, you can't stop. So, as I said on 3CR Show Real Show, we're going to have our chat with uh, James Paneris, who has made this wonderful film called Kithara Mon Amour, and uh, let's go. Well, I uh, I was very amused by the film. Uh, can, uh, can you tell me a little bit about uh, how uh, you came to make this film? Well, um, I actually studied film many, many years ago, about 30 years ago in San Francisco, and, but I haven't really done anything with it. And um, my great passion is li- in life is to do creative projects, and I've, uh, I've designed houses and uh, designed many businesses. That's my main, my main profession. So you're um, an architect? I'm not an architect, but I design, I'm a business designer by profession, so I'm an entrepreneur, and I have uh, three or four different companies running in, in Germany. Okay. And, uh, but uh, one of my passions has always been film and uh, photography, and I've written a few film scripts, which I've never got around to making. And so uh, last year I was, had a loose end. I'd finished up some other creative projects and bought a new camera. 
which had a very uh, was famous for its film function. And I just wrote a script on the sh uh, on the way to the island. We go to Kithara every year because that's the island of my grandparents, and we also have a house there. And uh, I just wrote a quick script. And when I got there, I shot it. And the response to the to the trailer I made from that script were very, was very positive. So I followed it up with a subplot and turned it into the film. And uh, one of the things that's very important for Australians is, it, it, for me, it was very interesting to see a place where people have left to come to Australia and where, what they left when they did that. Yes, well, that's the that's one of the themes of the of the film is that the um, uh, the place they left was actually what many Australians might consider a paradise. A Greek island already sounds attractive enough, um, but what I showed in the film is just how beautiful the island also is. And, um, of course, they left family and friends and many other things there, but they also left, uh, well, generations of Kytherians left poverty in, in Greece, and that is the historical context of the film because what's happening in Greece at the moment is another migration uh, period in their history after the financial crisis and the um, continuing financial woes, the situation for the young people is is very difficult. So many of them are considering leaving and actually leaving even to the country uh, where I now live in Germany. You find a lot of young Greeks as well as Spaniards and Portuguese and Italians coming to find work and having, after having left their the countries of origin. Well, from your from your perspective, uh, because as you said, it's the island of your grandparents, but you have made uh, enough economic progress in other places to be able to have it as a a return place, a place that you go back to every year. Do you go back there in the winter, German winter? Uh, I go as often as I can. Uh, it's definitely at least once a year in the summer for five or six weeks. And um, whenever I can afford to be away, uh, I also go in the spring and in the autumn and sometimes even in the winter when, it's, when the weather isn't quite as typically island Greek as, as many of us think. And uh, because it is just a wonderful, a wonderful atmosphere there and in, in the winter the tourists aren't around and so it has a different atmosphere. Well, it's very, it's very beautiful, and and uh, that's as I was saying is one of the key things for for Australians to understand what people left. The uh, economic uh, migration is one of the themes, as you say. But on another hand, you actually explore the emotional attachment to the poetry of the land. Yes, and I think that's something which a lot of people don't realize. Many hundreds of thousands of people, of course, migrated to Australia, and, and, and they, we often think, yes, they left something behind, uh, and they were traveling to uh, have a new and exciting future in Australia. And, um, but they, they did leave behind um, the beauty of their homeland, no matter where it was, whether it was rainy Ireland or sunny Greece or or anywhere in the world. So I don't think it's an aspect that people often think of. It's not just the question of leaving behind family. It's be, be, leaving behind your homeland 
and that includes the landscape as well. And and so I remember my own great grandmother uh, raving about how beautiful the island was, where she came from, and um, and you know everything was was much better there. The the oranges were sweeter, and the <laughs> summers were longer, and the ocean was deeper, and and um, I think. That that's true of all humans, that they have an attachment for the place where they were born and the place that they grew up seeing. I don't think uh, many Australians do have a perception of the places that the people left, and I think that's one of the beautiful strengths of your film. I think it's a, actually very telling. Uh, I was really surprised to hear that this um, this island, uh, uh, Kathia, has... Uh, Kithara, sorry, Kithara, had uh, 60 villages. It's quite a big island. I mean, it's uh, it's not certainly not the biggest Greek island, and it's, but it's not the smallest. But this was uh, this was a sizable island, and that's one of the interesting things about Kithara is that it's almost unknown. Many Greeks don't even know where it is. I would say perhaps most Greeks don't know where it is. Uh, it's a large island between the Peloponnese and Crete. 60 villages. Back in 1900. Um, it was there were fourteen thousand people on the island, and by the 1950s, they were down to about two thousand. Such was the extent of the chain migration to Australia and to some extent to the United States. And um, so, sixty villages for fourteen thousand people—that was that was quite an exp- ex- extensive island. Whereas many people, when they think of an island in Greece, they're thinking of a small island with a few villages, perhaps, and some lovely beaches. Or they've thought of Mykonos or Santorini, which are hotbeds of tourism. Uh, but Kithara is a, a very different type of island. It's probably not un- atypical of, of a Greek island, but it's certainly um, big enough to hold lots of secrets and family histories and many other things. Is there a lot of uh, language differences uh, between the different villages, or are they quite homogeneous? Uh, is there a lot of difference? There isn't. There aren't any real dialects, there are accents, um, and there's certainly not anything like um, uh, the deepest, darkest Scottish accent might be difficult for us to understand for people from Australia. That that doesn't exist on the Greek islands. On the island of Cyprus, which is quite a way away and and much further towards uh, Asia Minor, uh, they have an accent which is difficult for some Greeks and almost all foreigners who speak a bit of Greek to understand, but no, the, there's there's a there's a, a there's a country accent which is which the Catherians have, which is a little bit like the Cretan accent, but it's not like um, it's not like anyone has any problem understanding them. Yeah, let's go back to the film. It's actually very funny. You've got a, you've got a wicked sense of humour. Um, thank you. I, I I was a little bit devious in the beginning because it starts off quite seriously. And um, the, but I, I do, uh, I do have a um, uh, a tendency to get a little bit frivolous and silly sometimes. But um, yes, we had a we had a, uh, a showing last night. We had 700 people at the Ritz in Randwick in Sydney, which is a classic Art Deco theatre. And uh, there was uh, a few people who were exclaiming that the, another film, which was also showing there, um, the latest Woody Allen film that there was nowhere near as many good laughs in that film as there was uh, heard 
in our film last night. So yes, we do. We do have a good time, and I try not to go over the line, but I'm afraid I'm. I like to be on the line. <laughs> I think the uh, the joke with the goats is really very funny. So, uh, in a funny kind of way, there's a a bit of a discussion, I would say, about uh, the idea of the foolish fellow compared to the uh, more um, self aware women. W- would that be true? I don't think I. Well, definitely, I don't think it was divided along uh, uh, gender lines at all. Although the the other woman in the film, Poppy, um, also comes out to be uh, quite a clever one, and her brother, relatively headstrong. But um, yes, well, there is that aspect. I mean, I do take, I do. There's an old. There are old legends on the island about various strange relationships of men. So I played a little bit on that. But uh, yeah, I suppose you're right. I didn't think of it like that. The, the, the men turned out to be a little bit silly and, and the women were the clever ones and, uh, and got their way in the end. Tune in to On Screen and find out more about what's on the big and the small screen each Saturday, 11am till 12 noon on 3CR. It's a program on film, on filmmakers and on film festivals. It's called On Screen, Mm, but it's on the radio, 3CR. Radical Radio includes radical music. Music Matters continues this tradition every Friday by promoting and supporting live, independent Australian music. In November, Music Matters will be three years young and we'd love you to join us in celebrating our birthday and 40 years of 3CR with a fundraising event at Bella Union on the corner of Victoria and Ligon Streets, Carlton on Thursday, 3rd of November. On the night, you will hear a selection of exclusive 3CR Music Matters studio recordings Live performances will include the debut of Raya Park, Kate Skinner as Rough River, and conclude with the total art music dance package that is Masco Sound System. Have a night out with your friends and the 3CR community. Lock in 3rd of November from 7pm. When we'll see you upstairs in Trades Hall at Bella Union with, with your, your dancing, dancing shoes on. We're on 3CR with Annie on Showreel and uh, we're talking to uh, James Perinas who's made a film called Kithara Monamur and uh, it's got uh, echoes for the Australian community because many, many Greeks made their way to Australia from this island. That's one of the reasons why I went out of my way to have a chat with James but also because here's a man who just decided he was going to make a film. (laughs) <laughs> but also the connection between uh, Poppy, her, uh, George, George, uh, yeah, George, George. yeah, your, your, it was yeah. yeah. In Greek, it's Yorgos. Yorgos. You just call him George. Yeah, no, but it was Yorgos uh, yeah. going, and they uh, they had Australian uh, passports because of the connection of the uncle being born in Australia in 1920. I'm not sure people in Australia appreciate the long connection between uh, Greece and uh, Australia. Uh, yes, especially Kithara. Uh, Kithara, um, 
as I pointed out, has most of its uh, diaspora community in Australia because of chain migration. So someone came out at, at, in the 1880s and sent back money for their nephews and 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 it just continued on right up into the 1960s. In the film, Poppy and George's father was born in Australia. And that sound, might sound a little bit strange that, that Greeks would have a father born in Australia, but it wasn't at all, actually, because the Greeks were coming out to Australia from the 1880s onwards, and there was a Balkan War in about 1913, and the, a lot of Greeks went back to Greece uh, to, to fight in that war, and some of them remained. And, um, and, but even more, especially men, went to Australia to make their fortune and always intended to go back to, to Greece with what they had and, and build a family and, and, and live there. Because there, as, as Myrto, one of the main characters, the women characters, points out that she's in love with the island and she wants to stay there. So a lot of the men who went did want to come back, and, uh, and some of them even managed it, whereas a lot of the migration stories that we know are that the people came out, and even if they had some vague intention of going back one day with lots of money, most of them never made it because they founded their families here and their children had no intention of going back to an old country. Yeah, well, all, uh, I thought it was very amusing that uh, Yorgos had uh, the Foster's Lager T-shirt on. That was a priceless piece of uh, costuming. Yes, no, absolutely, and the uh, the fact of the matter is that he um, he wore it of his own volition. I had no influence on that because the the film was a no budget film, and and the people who played in the film uh, certainly were not only non actors; they have absolutely no intention to be actors, and they they played in the film as a favour to me, and so I was wasn't really in a position to to fully dress them and style them or anything. So we actually shot them as they were. And, and the advantage of working, the only, one of the only advantages of working with non-professional actors uh, is that, first of all, um, they, uh, they hopefully don't have any ambitions and <laughs> to be actors. And, and as such, they don't try too hard. And secondly, is that they can play themselves. So I didn't ask them to play anything other than themselves they gave the lines as they as they came out and we didn't they didn't have to play someone completely different as as a professional actor might well you you're actually an australian greek aren't you well not exactly my both of my parents were born in australia and my mother's parents are from sweden and england and, and my father's parents are from greek from greece so it it isn't like I was brought up as an Australian Greek. I didn't go to Greek school or anything like that. But um, I'm what's considered in in some circles as a professional foreigner, which <laughs> is to say that that you live, no matter where you were born, you you live somewhere else, and you and you're not comfortable living where you actually came from. And some for some people, it's enough to live ten kilometres away from where they were born. And others of us need sixteen thousand to feel comfortable. Mm-hmm. And you must have several languages, then. That's what I'm getting at, too. Oh, yes. Well, because my both of my parents were born in Australia, I didn't learn any Greek as a child. But when I left, when I finished high school, I went off into the world, and I stayed in Greece for a year and a half, and I learned Greek there. And um, I continued traveling, and eventually uh, settled in Germany, and which was a bit of a coincidence. That's just where I happened to be when I lost my travel bug. And 
I've been there for the last 25 years, and, and I do speak fluent German. It's much, much better than my Greek, actually. But it, that's, uh, that's to be expected since I've been there for 25 years. Yeah, yeah, no, but uh, what, and it's kind of interesting because uh, what uh, you're doing is contributing uh, a view of the world that uh, is feeding back into the Australian consciousness that... Uh, uh, that works against um, being parochial. Uh, it opens the doors. It's 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 really nice the the discussion that you're created in this film for an Australian audience. Well, I don't know how many purely Australians are ever going to see this film, unfortunately, because um, its um, its main appeal. Well, the obvious audience is a Catherian audience, which we had last night, for example, at the Ritz, and. The, I, it's a, it's, the film is only 45 minutes long, so it doesn't really fit into a format. It's, you, it could be classified as a long short or a short long, but it's certainly not a classical feature film. Um, and it's a bit of an amateur effort. I mean, it was, a, to some extent, a one-man show with actors and a few helpers occasionally. Um, and, and I never thought of it as a commercial film which is going to be seen by by a, a wider audience, although I am making it available online to anyone who wants to see it. So I'm not sure that I'm going to contribute at all to the Australian culture because uh, I don't know if, if the, and there's going to be much of an audience to watch it. Oh, I, don't, I, I think it's really interesting. I found that's one of the reasons why I wanted to speak to you because uh, Australian, uh, white Australia particularly, has a, a capacity to look inwards rather than uh, it, uh, valuing the uh, uh, more cosmopolitan attitudes of people who have come from another country. We, and there's a lot of those people making up the general fabric of Australia. And uh, it's not such a bad thing to actually understand that uh, the people who have come here love the place that they left. Oh, I, I I agree, but at the same time, it's not like Australia isn't open to multiculturalism, especially in the last ten or fifteen years. Uh, there's uh, there's been a huge change in in just in the way that people name their children. It's no longer to no longer necessary to change Yorgos into George or or Yanni into John anymore. It's quite fashionable to call them by their by their their foreign names. So on. To some extent, I think a lot of Australians are much more open to the foreign elements. Of course, there's, there's, there are always the you know the latest migrants are always uh, uh, the, the the target of of some parts of society's um, fears about foreign influxes. But I think I think uh, although they might not people might not have thought about the aspect of the people who are arriving here don't necessarily come full-heartedly or wholeheartedly. The, but otherwise, I think that in terms of being open for different cultures and things like that, Australia is a great country. Oh, yeah, uh, no, that's exactly country. right. I do agree so agree uh, in that sense, but it's also quite valuable to get this other pers- uh, point of view because it's such a beautiful island. And I was just wondering, just before I let you go, uh, you know how you had your unprofessional actors who were prepared to be part of your your film. Why did they find it so amusing to be part of your film? Well, as I said before, they 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 did it as a favour to me to a great extent. But was it a play but, act around their 
um, association with Australia? That's what I was wondering. Oh, no, I don't think that played a role at all. I, basically, I, I wrote the subplot with them in mind, and then when I got to the island, I asked them if they would be mm. in the film, and they agreed. And I did tell them what, the, what their role would be, so that there were no surprises or anything, and I don't think that, that they even thought about... I mean, I could have given them 25 different scenarios with and without Australia included, and, and they still would have done it. So it, it wasn't as if they were trying to make a point or be part of a project that they believed in, but rather that they were good, good-hearted souls and, oh, yeah. and that they thought it might be fun. Yeah, no, I was just wondering if... Uh uh, well, for uh, Australia, the Greek uh, arrival is very important. I was just wondering if uh, the fact that the Greeks have left the island to go to Australia is important there. Well, Kithara has a very, very strong uh, connection to Australia. There are associations here, and there are, at any one time, there are probably three or 400 people on Kithara who were born in Australia. Uh, the, the nickname for Kithara... Uh, for a lot of Australian Greeks, is is Little Australia. The the connection is huge. The uh, there are probably over ninety thousand people of Catherian descent in Australia. Uh, Kithir- the Catherians probably ran more than sixty seventy percent of all of the country cafes in New South Wales and Queensland. That was that was also part of the chain that people would take Catherian nephews and nieces and sons and, and whoever and, and pay their tickets to come over to Australia and, and work in the cafes. And when they'd done their, their bit, they went and got their own cafes. It's not the case anymore because the cafe culture is, has changed. But in the, between the 1920s and the 1970s, the Catherians virtually ran the cafe culture in every New South Wales and Queensland country town. And... So that there's a there's a long long tradition of Catherian Australian connection, much much stronger than I think almost any other island in Greece. Perhaps Castellorizo is a, is another example, but uh, it, most other Greek places in Greece there was a mixed migration or emigration. They went to different parts of the world, in the United States, Australia, the UK, but in, from Kithara it was almost exclusively to Australia. Oh, thanks very much, James, for talking to me about this. I think this is terribly amusing. And it's actually on YouTube, isn't it, your film? Well, it will be available for a small rental fee of probably $3 at um, a site called Real House. So it, w- it will be avail- available at Real House within the next 48 hours. And uh, if, if you just Google Kithara Monomore, or just go to the website, www.kitharamonamorewrittentogether.com, then there'll be a link to that, uh, to that rental site. Great. Thanks very much. My pleasure. And if you want to follow up that film, it's K-Y-T-H-E-R-A, Kithara, K-Y-T-H-E-R-A, Monamore. And that's it for Showreel. Coming up next is Published or Not?, we're going to go out with uh, the Dolly Rots.
You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.